0: Yes, that is a Shakespeare line get thee to a nunnery. I apologize, that is a word that people use.
1: But he actually, uh, the translation of that line is get thee to the nonsense.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 314 with our review of Ida. I'm Christopher Schnazy.
0: I'm Carson Patrick. (laughs) No, (laughs) there is no Carson Patrick today. I'm Stephen Miller.
1: Oh, Stephen. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue of the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. As we said before, um, A, Carson. Well, we didn't say it before, but Carson's not with us. He'll be back next week. Um, But we are continuing our trend of VOD releases. Uh, In the feed before this episode, there was a review of The Congress, which is available on iTunes right now and probably lots of other channels. And uh, this right now, we are talking about the film Ida, which this is the official like regular digital release, right? This isn't like one of those day and date releases, theaters and digital this is like equivalent to the D- DVD release is that correct
0: i i don't know yeah i think it is but i don't think it ever made if it was ever in theaters in the us beyond the festival circuit then i certainly didn't see it like like it must have been new york and la only if okay. at all um yeah because technically the date on imdb for this is 2013 which means yeah. that's probably when it first hit the festival circuit um but then it's May of 2014? I don't know. I, I, for all intents and purposes, like, most human beings couldn't see this movie till, till this week. Yeah,
1: but now it's, now it's obviously available. But also, by the <laughs> way, reminds me, um, I, like, literally a couple days after we posted our review of Frank, Frank appeared on iTunes for VOD. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if you listen to that review and you want to check it out and it's not playing anywhere near you you can go right now and rent that on vod so mm-hmm. just just a little
0: which is crazy i i feel like more people are adopting this vod immediately type of model because I, I was looking at itunes new releases and there are so many things that i saw in theaters in the last like month or two that are already on vod
1: yeah and and some some of them are like you can rent it on vod now but you can't buy it yet until mm-hmm. like a certain date and things like that but yeah i mean i i personally love this being that i live in an area which doesn't always get these limited releases i mean if if, if i can drive there i would prefer to see this in, or any movie in a normal theater but like given mm-hmm. that i can't half the time uh these things coming out of vod are awesome so
0: yeah and i'm i'm just happy that it's let us weather the august september storm of of movie <laughs> that, releases
1: that is true so as we are continuing to weather the storm this is actually this is a film that uh, I really didn't know anything about until um, you, Stephen, suggested that we throw this on the docket for this week. Um, you've been hearing good buzz about this film, apparently.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, so I also didn't know much about it. I knew I knew it was a Polish film. I knew that um, either film spotting or slash film or both had multiple people listed in their favorites of 2014 so far okay. uh, so it's it's a movie that I had heard mentioned over and over again with uh, with some buzz but definitely I knew nothing about it except for it was black and white and polish
1: and just four by three aspect ratio
0: <laughs> yes four four by three <laughs> aspect ratio um
1: but yeah so uh, as you know as we were kind of just like figuring out what we we're gonna do anytime somebody throws out a suggestion like hey I've heard some buzz. Let's check this out um i think i think we're we're usually game for that sort of thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i like i like an excuse i kind of have a list right now my itunes wish list of 2014 alone is getting up to like 20 or 30 movies that i feel like it's on my list of things that i should have seen by the end of the year yeah um so i'm always happy to chip away at that and if we can do that instead of watching like teenage mutant ninja turtles then (laughs) it's always a good thing i'm more than game
1: yeah, I have a few I have a few things on my list that like I would like to hit to and I think would actually be fun to talk about, but it's always like looking for when the relevance is there. Like even the Congress is is old enough that um we probably didn't need to do a review of it. Yeah. Um, but it was a weird enough concept that I felt it would be interesting to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. but I uh Ida had had just come out this week, right? Yeah.
0: So Ida should be very very relevant. I don't think 99% of people were able to watch it before this week.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know that we're going to do justice to those 99% of people uh, or 97 or whatever you said. Um, mm. But we can certainly try. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you say? We take a listen to the trailer for... You eh. <laughs> oh, don't? No, no, no. I, I was wondering. I was like, I can play the trailer, but it's not going to be in English. So. Oh,
0: is there? Oh, yeah. Because subtitles.
1: Yeah. So I don't... Um,
0: I guess you could li- maybe you do it and we read the dubs. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that was
1: I, I, okay. So I, I will say so um, <laughs> freaking subtitles in my life. So w- w- when we reviewed the film Starred Up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know we you know, I had to turn on subtitles to help me, but I te- I wasn't turning on subtitles. I was turning on closed captioning. So it was weird re- reading like doors shutting. Yeah, yeah. Water dribbling and like weird stage direction and crap like that. Um, but for this film, uh, you know, it, it was actual, honest to god subtitles. But when the movie started, the subtitles didn't kick in, so it starts in like the w- w- the, the church, the nunnery, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. That convent. <laughs> the convent. There you go. <laughs> so it starts in the convent and like they're singing and like there's no subtitles for what they're singing. Um, so I'm just like, well, well, you know, what? Maybe it doesn't matter. It's just like. Polish nun, whatever, music, that's cool. Like, I don't care. But then they started talking. I'm like, God damn it. And I had, like, flip over, turn on the subtitles because they weren't on by default, rewind to make sure I didn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I'm watching it in the early morning, so I didn't have it up too loud in my room. Um, But, like, there's parts where, like, somebody's playing a saxophone loud as hell, so I'm, like, turning it down, but then the speaking Mm -hmm. parts where I'm turning it up, and I'm reading it, so I don't really need the volume up that much. But, like, the way this film was shot... You're not always visually looking at the dialogue that's being spoken, mm-hmm. so like sometimes you're hearing speaking but not watching the lips move of a particular person, even though they are delivering the lines, but in the scene we're about to cut to, so there is some confusion sometimes for me as, mm-hmm. like I had to wait till this like the second half of the subtitled sentence came up before I can interpret who is speaking that line
0: yeah <laughs> so. that that was occasionally the case for me as well. <laughs> I did want to shove in, by the way, that I think nunnery is what people in startup would call something that's, like, frivolous or stupid. Like, oh, that's just a bunch of nunnery. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Stephen. You're welcome. I I let you finish your thought before I jumped in with it. Oh, that's a bunch of nunnery, ain't it?
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to play something right now. Yeah, I think
0: the trailer, even if you don't, I don't know. It might I, give I,
1: you the emotion of what's happening. There's
0: got to be at least like music playing and I don't know. It, it yeah. might be enough.
1: And I'm sure it's probably about half as long as it's like it'll probably be like a minute and a half trailer instead of like a 2 minute and a half trailer. Yeah. So, I'm just going to play it. It's playing now. So, mm-hmm. or it's about to start, right? Yeah. Now. Nazywa się Wanda Grus to jest jedyna, the
0: stygnę. Powinna ją siostra poznać, zanim złoży śluby.
1: Nazywasz się Idale Nie powiedziały ci przez tyle lat. Jesteś
0: Żydówką. Dom, kiedyś mieszkała nasza rodzina.
1: Nie mieszkali zadnych dzieci.
0: Bo nie wiem do kogo należał ten dom. No i co tu robisz? Jak zginęli?
1: all right so you just listened to the non-english trailer for (laughs) i almost called it the nunnery
0: (laughs) get thee to a nunnery oh i think that's actually a real word i think shakespeare said that Okay, so. Yes, that is a Shakespeare line get thee to a nunnery. I apologize. That Yay! is a word that people yes, use.
1: Yes, <laughs> But he actually, uh, the translation of that line is get thee to the nonsense.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, anyways, so that was the trailer for Ida. And basically, as we said, there's a young girl who is about to take her vows as a nun, and uh, her, you know, <laughs> mother superior, chick
0: <laughs> You
1: can tell I know all about the cloth. Um, But uh, she says that, you know, before you take these vows, you should go off and visit your family and go meet with them because that's, I guess, something you should do before you take vows. And uh, she goes off and meets her aunt and uh, finds out some possibly interesting things about her history and her family and uh, where she comes from. So, Stephen... Did this film live up to the uh, the positive buzz that you had heard surrounding it?
0: Yeah, so it's um, I want to start by saying like this is a very quiet, subtle film. <laughs> I imagine even just the uh, even just the trailer was probably enough to give that away, <laughs> even if you were just listening to it. <laughs> um, and and so in in these events, it's. It's honestly, it's hard to know what I would think if I were watching a movie from scratch without my like good film or foreign film lens on yeah um, because from the moment I'm sitting there, I'm analyzing shot by shot, and i I'm in this mindset where I think like this is something I should keep an eye on um and so I can't really take off that cap <laughs> but but if i if I try to imagine. What would, what would have drawn me to this movie if there had been no buzz about it and I just happened to walk into a theater um I think the the shot by shot framing in this movie was really interesting and like gorgeous uh in my mind I thought uh I, I don't know there's something that the director does in in every shot where there's like a foreground background thing with some object obstructing like half of the view yeah uh, where the people it'll be a wide shot where the people are far behind and then there will be like an archway or even a couple dancing uh right in front of the camera where there's this uh I, i don't know there's this very interesting use of space in it which i think made made the movie feel more more small more small to me than it otherwise would have well um, that could also be the aspect ratio yeah it could it could also be the aspect ratio. like there,
1: there's a scene where she goes to a a priest and asks for a place to stay for you know a temporary time and mm-hmm. the way that, that shot the way that shot is framed it looks like he just put her in the hallway outside his bedroom yeah. <laughs> like, because you see the door like you can't see any space to the side mm-hmm. and like I, it literally took me out of the scene because I was like, is she just in a hallway? I kept waiting for her to move past the left edge of the frame to prove that there was actually space there and that it wasn't just a wall.
0: Yeah, but I, I, I thought that was intentional. It was Everything felt very like uh, confined
1: yeah. in, in, in this movie. You might um, say that growing up in a convent, she had a narrow view of the world. Yes. And that the film itself is actually viewing the world from her point of view. Black mm-hmm. and white and very narrowly.
0: I I also think a big thing that would have struck me is the main actress. There's something very like dark and magnetic about her. I mean, she spends most of the movie staring. I yeah. think I think that's fair to say. And there's something very like heavy in that stare. Like she's a blank a blank slate that's been uh, raised up in this world. And
1: it's it's also too like because it's in black and white with the way the contrast is like there's no like difference between the color and the pupil of the eye yeah. like it's all just one solid void of like darkness and i think that helps lead yeah. to that intense kind of blank mysterious stare
0: yeah definitely and in general i mean i think the the black and white in this movie is done very well like the uh it, it's kind of rare to see a movie in black and white these days i think francis is probably the last one i saw yeah that uh that did the, if you ignore sin city which i prefer to <laughs> <laughs> as do i <laughs> but uh, the the way these things are composited where you have like you know like like the irish just seems pure black uh, and characters are moving in and out of shadows uh, it it all is very is very that you said the irish <laughs> yeah the irish <laughs> you know when uh, when we martin should... mcdonough I, I, shows yeah, up i was
1: going to say i thought you were talking about the humor in the film the irish is just very black
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no <Nice. laughs> nice. no the chimney sweep the irish chimney sweep in this movie gets covered in a no, but anyway, um, well, what was I saying? Th- this is a very, it's a very quiet, personal movie. I mean, I think, I don't think there is such a thing as spoilers really <laughs> in a film like this. Um, but it is about a girl whose parents, you know, she's a Polish Jew around probably like 1960 or something, and she's learning what happened to her parents. So I, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that like this is a holocaust movie. movie uh, yeah. like it's, go- it's going to touch on those themes
1: the, the one thing that i was a little confused about is like when, when the reveal comes to her that she is of jewish descent that mm-hmm. doesn't seem like there's no denial there's no like like oh my god there's no really anything from her she's just like oh i guess i'm a jew now mm-hmm. like yeah I, it will... yeah, I was yeah i was a little confused by that
0: and, and that was part of this uh her character is such a like blank slate that's just absorbing things yeah that you really it was hard to tell from moment to moment what her reactions were like there's there's a few parts in the film where she breaks, uh but for the most part she's just standing there wide eyed like kind of a little kid who's just absorbing information from the the people around her who actually feel things yeah um but but yeah so she she learns that she is of Jewish descent. And she goes off to find her parents or what happened to her yeah, what happened to them um and in it I feel like in most movie treatments of the Holocaust, you get very grand melodrama at these things usually- usually when it's an outsider perspective, like there's going to be some like a a grand a grand confession and big tears and like a crushing realization and some kind of stock footage of of concentration camps I, I don't know like it's going to be very um heavy-handed yeah and it's dealing with it and it might be because this is more of a personal film like i don't know anything about uh the director I, from the director's name it sounds like he is a polish person of jewish descent um and i know in the holocaust like 90% of all jewish people in poland were killed it was like by far the most hard hitting of all the places yeah um so there's some there's something to it where it's much more just about about her learning that there is this dark sad world out there and and trying to come to terms with who she is like is she going to continue to be this polish christian who hides herself away or is she going to see the world for all like the highs and lows that are in it um and and the fact that it was so like quiet and non-heavy-handed about it definitely made me appreciate the film I won't say it I I would say it pulled me in in the sense that the filmmaking was very like like the shots were fairly surprising uh, and the way it built an atmosphere was very cool but I wouldn't say it's something that if i watched it i would like leave the theater raving that everyone needs to go out and check it out yeah. it's like it, it has a sort of quietness to it that's a very it's a very nice treatment of the issue uh, in the sense that it's very very personal and it gives you kind of a perspective you wouldn't have normally seen but it's hard it, it's hard for me to say if I weren't viewing it through the lens of this is a foreign film and I won't completely understand where it's coming from, how I would feel about the way this movie builds the story together. Um, I, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Was it polarizing for you? It was polarizing for me. Yeah. <laughs> see, that was P-O-L-E, polarizing. So we got the, we got the same joke. Okay. Um, yeah. So I,
1: I I was sort of, able to escape that lens um, just because, I don't know, it, it's a weird way the, the film is set up because, you know, the point you were making about how, like, most of the time it would be, like, this big melodramatic thing, like, a lot of huge, grand, like, impactful, like, look at this strategy, tragedy type of thing, and, and the story we're getting through our main character is much simpler, much more uh, withdrawn from the direct influence of it and just kind of absorbing things and processing that. Um, mm-hmm. but the way the characters in the film are, are, uh, I guess the background of each individual character is so extreme, mm-hmm. um, to me, like the, I mean, it's, I mean, it, I guess it's not extreme for the, what happened to her parents to be, a, the, the thing in the context of the story. But like the fact that her aunt is this, like, you know, this big prosecutor for, um the government that was like you know trying all these people for anti-socialist whatever like mm-hmm. it, there there's something like obviously that that aunt has been alive for a while post war right for however mm-hmm. old that Ida is
0: yeah i was trying to figure out she's probably got to be like early 20s or something like that
1: for for, for Ida herself Ida. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'm I, I mean, that's probably i i have no clue um, but that seems good enough for me. Um, yeah. but to me, it just seems weird that like, that the aunt has waited this long to do any of this, like to do any of this investigating into mm-hmm. what happened to her sister. Yeah. Um, but I mean, part of that is because her backstory, she has regret related to the situation in which she left them. But, um, it, yeah, I I don't.
0: I I did. I, I got the sense that Ida's presence was kind of reminding her of something that she had been shoving away <laughs> yeah, for I, a very I, long I, time. Because there is a scene in a bar where she's kind of saying as much yeah, towards I, the I, end.
1: As I was saying it, I was starting to like because based on you know the photograph of the boy where Ida's like, "Oh, I had a brother," and she's like, "No, you were her only child." Um, if I take that into context and her spending time with. Mm-hmm. Ida then there's some like transferal of significance that I yeah. would I would assume would come about no, so. but,
0: but still I, w- I would definitely say that the character motivations in this are very subdued like I- Ida is of course the obvious example because for most of the movie she is just kind of walking around and asking questions but it's very rare that you feel like it's very rare that you feel like there is some kind of moderate person inside who is motivated to do x or y yeah
1: Um, it's weird too because like she so i mean i'm gonna gonna like do some weird things here but um so in the hobbit right (laughs) wow okay (laughs) yeah just just stick with me Uh, yeah i'm there uh so bilbo is uh he is not an adventurer right like in the same sense that the dwarves and like everyone else is like it's it's crazy for him to be going along with them because he's just not cut out for that sort of thing but the, but and, and i'm talking talking about the book not the movie um so in the book the story is being told from bilbo's point of view but he is constantly being like knocked unconscious and then sees the end of what just happened right so you mm-hmm. know a bunch of things show up and start attacking everybody he gets knocked out um and then he wakes up and everyone's okay That that's kind of like the repeated theme in that film or in, mm-hmm. in the book right So in this, we sort of are seeing, it's almost like a similar thing, but instead of her getting knocked out, she goes like, I'm going to wait outside and she leaves and we don't get to see like, so if you, if you were just walking by and you saw Ida's aunt talking with people in a house, you'd be like, man, that lady's kind of like, she's kind of an asshole. Like Mm -hmm. why why is she being so mean to people? Um, So, but like in the context, you know why, (laughs) like, because it's, Pretty terrible things happened and like there's yeah yeah it's not good um but ida is ex- she's coming with her to find the truth about what happened to the parents that she didn't know anything about a few days previously but then she's constantly leaving during the scenes that would justify the behavior the aunt is going through mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of i don't know there's something so like the aunt is going through her own arc but we're not watching it happening we're just seeing it after it happens um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. It, it was, it was a weird choice to me to have Eda keep walking away from the events that were taking place mm-hmm. and not like storming off for anybody who hasn't seen the film that's listening to my words right now. Like she just goes like, oh, I'm going to be out here. You keep yeah, having it, the conversation.
0: It, it's kind of this decision to detach from the emotions of the film. Yeah. Uh, like where, where it could have turned into, you know, very clear drama and emotions at any point, and there are a few key scenes in the movie where characters do kind of unload everything. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, the director decides to keep keep Ida and us, <laughs> who are following Ida most of the time, in this kind of weird this place where things are happening, and they're not really resonating. It's just like, well, this. This is how things are, and the moment I'm going to get the human element, then I'm going to leave, leave and go outside instead.
1: Yeah, which I, th- I think for me is ultimately kind of like I, I, because I'm viewing the film from Ida's point of view, and she is super detached. It sort of detaches me from the significance of the events that are transpiring, um, mm-hmm. and maybe that was intentional um maybe not though and and I, I think that ultimately um i mean you could say that Ida grows a lot in the last like 15 minutes of the film mm-hmm. <laughs> and to me they the 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 statements that are being made about like the causing of her growth scene like because you know she's she's grown up in a convent she hasn't even seen parts of the world that she doesn't even care about like there's a scene where they're driving in the car and her aunt says like have you ever had like, you know, evil thoughts about being carnal with a man or something like that? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then and she's like, oh, well, you should try it before you do your vows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming in that context, she was saying you should try thinking about it before you do your vows, not actually try sleeping with a man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though who knows? Her aunt could have been saying that too. But I'm just <laughs> I'm just erring on the side of you should think about it in your head. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end of the film, where like you know she's progressing on these things like i don't see the one to one between the events she half watched over the course of the film and mm-hmm. the sudden progression into reevaluating her stance on a lot of things
0: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i think there's one event in particular that is what snaps her in, into behaving <laughs> snaps somebody yeah yeah it snaps somebody um <laughs> and yeah i so I feel like the the character i mean you know she's coming from a convent yeah and the whole way that so she convent, got started up yeah yeah she got starred up
1: uh, but, <laughs> oh as convict
0: yeah the the whole way uh the whole way that the convent is kind of set up in this movie and in many movies is as a like a very quiet detached you know people are chanting and doing the uh what it, what are you, genuflecting uh you know making the cross motion and doing these kind of repetitive tasks where you, you never get the sense that they feel what they're doing. Like, yeah. like a convent does not look like a, uh, like a church in Georgia or something like singing <laughs> praises and dancing. It's, it's very much just like a, we believe this and this is, this is what it is. And we, what we feel is irrelevant to it. Yeah. Um, and so this whole life is supposed to be very insular right of not of pushing away feelings and pushing away desires um so i can see why she would be so detached from what is going on but i can't say i see why the transformation would be binary the way that it is yeah
1: um and do, do you also think that there's that there's a sense that the other women in the convent know she's of jewish descent and somehow I like, I
0: think so. I think that's supposed to be why they, because she's about to decide to take her vows yeah. and become, you know, a nun. I assume it's like an Orthodox nun or something. Yeah. Um, and before she does this, I imagine they think she, in particular, as a person of Jewish descent. Yeah. who has had much happen to her will want to know yeah, before will want you to know her to be heritage before she yeah before she <laughs> vows it away then she should know what her heritage is that she's kind of denouncing yeah. i mean cuz in in the sense as far as i could tell the uh so the christians are the ones who survived in poland like that was the predominant religion and the effect of the holocaust was to take away pretty much all judaism <laughs> from the country yeah Uh, so i I did get the sense that the the sisters the mother goose in the convent (laughs) um was supposed to have have known about this and known like the significance of of taking a vow um but it's unclear to what extent they knew what had happened other than just knowing where she had come from in the most vague sense
1: yeah, because I mean, there, there's the there's the part where she's asking why, where she asked why did the fate of her family not happen to her, and it's like, well, because you were such a young child, nobody mm-hmm. would have known you were a Jew. Yeah. Um. So, uh, in 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 the one context, she could have like pulled a Shoshana thing from Inglorious Bastards and just like grown up as a French person or Polish yeah. person or whatever. Um. But I I don't know. I got I got like a weird sense anytime they showed her in the um in the convent that like she was like she had the persona of being like the the way people looked at her in the few short scenes we saw them looking at her, I felt almost like she was the black sheep. Yeah, even she was she definitely behaved... an other
0: in in the convent and <laughs> yeah, in everything and, and, in the movie.
1: And and she seemed to be the well the wellest behaved, yeah. most well behaved um person in the convent of the younger uh, women so it, it 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 felt like I couldn't tell if it was like she was the she was the outcast because she was too good and like she she was like the you know Simon Pegg in hot fuzz like she made all the other police officers look bad mm-hmm. <laughs> or or if it was like more of a thing that like they all knew secretly that she yeah. was Jewish or,
0: or even if they didn't know that she was Jewish it could be her personality like there are some other girls in the convent who I kind of remember them like smiling and laughing a little bit and you never get this sense from her like she seems like she lives in kind of a vacuum (laughs) uh, where there you know there is nothing and i'm just doing what i'm called to do
1: and you could also make i guess partially the argument that um the other girls um, especially the ones that are getting ready to take their vows also all chose to leave something to be there and for Ida. It was like literally like she, she's an orphan. She didn't like choose to become a nun like mm-hmm. that got dropped upon her. So there's this like you can almost argue there's less of a calling for her because the the what would be the calling for a normal girl became her salvation in that like mm-hmm. she had nothing else.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. It, which goes back to the whole thing that her aunt was saying about, um, you know, how how can you take these vows if you don't know what you're missing? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I,
1: it could also be that they know who her aunt is and that her aunt prosecuted the parents of a bunch of the other Polish girls. That,
0: that is possible. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the big, one of the big parts in the movie that left me very questioning, and it's uh, it's hard to talk about this because it, it to the extent that spoilers can exist in this movie, this is a spoiler, um, but... When she learns the circumstances surrounding her parents' death um I was very unclear on the the motivations of the perpetrator, yeah um, because in one sense it's this like and and part of that is just maybe I don't know the history enough to know like if people were under pressure uh to do this uh but there but there's this sense that there's a family that wanted to help help her parents. And then something happens that turns it and it I, I don't know, like I, I could paint it as just being greedy, like wanting their property, but that doesn't seem to do justice to the behavior of the character.
1: Well, we we also find out over the course that there's the there's the well like I getting to two, two i mean it's gonna be pretty spoilery but like yeah but I, it doesn't really matter I think. yeah there, there's essentially two people two males who are quote-unquote heads of household in that house during the course of this time mm-hmm. there's the person who would be the grandpa um, and then there's the one who would be the dad um, mm-hmm. of any children who are born into that family um so we find out over the course of the film that the older of the two men did not commit the crime, the younger of the two men did. So I could see since that that man would have been since the one who actually did the crime would have been probably about Ida's age yeah. at that time when all mm-hmm. this happened, I could see a scenario in which the father was hiding um, you know, hiding Jews uh but the son was really fearful that well, a may have actually bought in to the you know, anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. and two would have feared for the family for if they got caught. Yeah, uh, and, and the, the, the Jews. latter is
0: the sense that I got because yeah. I did look up after, and apparently there was an an edict in Poland that said anyone caught harboring a Jew, everyone in the family would be put to death. Yeah, uh, so it could be this sense of a person getting fearful at the last minute, but still, it's just the. I don't know. The behavior of killing versus just forcing them to leave is what I don't understand. Yeah. Especially because there's at least one act of mercy that does occur in that moment, uh, which is why Ida still exists. Yeah. Um I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was I thought that was so that was so curious that I felt like it had to be grounded in some truth <laughs> because Otherwise, I would not understand why characters would behave that way. Yeah. So I I don't know if that's like a phenomenon that was real or if it was just a narrative shortcut to have have a sympathetic villain. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was very curious about that moment. I actually had to rewind and watch it again because I didn't really. I was trying to see if I could catch like the character admitting to any sort of motivation.
1: Yeah, and, and and I think that's part of the problem too is that we we only get the story from detached people. Um, well, I guess in that context, we're finding it from the source to mm-hmm. somebody who's a lot less detached than Ida was. But oh no, was that revealed to Ida or to the aunt?
0: I <sighs> uh, I think both were standing there, but okay. I think to the aunt. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah,
0: I I don't know either.
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah. Do you, have, do you have any last uh, comments in the film, or should we just sort of just get to our final impressions?
0: Um, I think, yeah. I think we should. In the final impressions, I can make a few comments, but I don't think there's too much more to uh, to talk through.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we are we did. I am. Do Do you think her transition at the end of the film is warranted? Like, also, it is sort of told in somewhat a montage mm-hmm. type scene, so it, like, that could be over the course of several, like, I don't know, I felt, first of all, the aunt's actions. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, is it supposed to be that, like, she's been prolonged by this tortured memory of what happened, and she's been, like, like, like a, <laughs>
0: Yeah, it could be she's prolonged by this memory of what happened or by the knowledge that she is the harbinger of this information and once she's able to pass it on then
1: Then she's free to yeah. leave.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not spoiling anything, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um But no, but I think it's okay to spoil I did in, in that moment I didn't I didn't feel like she was a real character so much as like this is a dramatic arc that had to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't as clear to me, and I don't know if part of that is just lost in translation, kind of, of yeah. like, because one thing about watching a movie with subtitles is even if you are hearing their voice, like, if you think of movies in English and the way people emphasize certain words and the meaning that that brings to them, yeah, it's like it's really hard to watch a movie in a language that is, it's so not English that you don't have even like a, the correspondences of what word are they saying right now, yeah, um. I am. And, yeah, so I think in general that makes that makes character actions feel less motivated than if I'm watching a movie in my own language.
1: <laughs> do, do you um, – this is just – I mean, jumping off of what you just said, um, I have this problem all the time where um, – so, you know, words in different languages are a different amount of syllables than they are in English. Duh. That mm-hmm. makes common sense. So, sometimes – I, and I'm not the quickest reader, as, we, as I mentioned in our review of Startup, how sometimes like it would go on to the next sentence before I had caught up to it. Um, but sometimes I read a sentence twice when I'm watching something in a foreign language because I get to the end of the sentence before the sentence is finished being reading. Yeah. But then they take a breath and then continue the sentence. So I think the next sentence has shown. So I start reading and I'm like, oh, crap, that's the same sentence. And then I like read a statement twice. Because the amount of words said to communicate one translated sentence is sometimes longer than what I see.
0: Yeah, I do that too. And it isn't only because the languages are different. It's because the translator, usually these translations are very loose. Like they're not word for word at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that definitely happens to me. I've I, I've gotten a little better at watching movies with subtitles because I've been doing it a bit more lately. Um, but in general, that is another problem I tend to have is first it requires so much more attention because I can't zone out. Like I need I need to be looking all yeah. the time. And second, it it can divert attention from the things I'm actually supposed to look at, like the faces of the character and the shot that's taking place. Yeah. Um so that that can definitely be a difficulty. I didn't have too much of a problem with this movie. Like I thought the pace of the dialogue was was such that I could multitask
1: yeah I mean like for the most part i didn't I didn't have issues with the pacing in and it. it was mostly just like who's speaking at any given point in time yeah and as I said at the, at the top of the episode yeah like when when it's showing two people driving silently in a car, but you can hear them already speaking, it's like until somebody's until like the aunt says the the name Ida or Ida you know says something religious <laughs> like sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to, to know who's speaking, yeah. <laughs> um but anyways so did you give it your rating it oh no 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 i didn't yeah all right so yeah let, let's get to ratings then so Stephen, if you were going to give this a must see reckon with a caveat wait for rental pass with a caveat or must avoid what would you give it
0: yeah i've been i've been thinking about this uh because it really depends on who you are if if you enjoy older movies like like a Bergman movie or something like that. Like if you're cool with the kind of slow building, telling a kind of small story where it's all about the, all about the characters observing things, then I thought this was like really, really well done and you will enjoy it. There are certainly plenty of people I know who I would not recommend this movie to (laughs) because like, (laughs) like there's just, it, it, it takes a sort of like patience that is it's rewarding if you enjoy this sort of thing but it's not going to surprise and reward you if you don't already know that i i don't know it is hard to say it's like i it's like i'm reviewing a movie from the 50s or something like it's really di- <laughs> it's really really difficult for me to say uh, for me i would give it a uh, a recommend with a caveat where yeah. the recommend is i think there's a lot to like like it is rare. Usually it's just like Wes Anderson or something where I'll notice the way that they frame a shot yeah. and the way that they film it. And in this movie, it was just throughout the whole thing. I mean, there are shadows being cast. There's there's like this very cool shot of looking out a kind of fogged up window as trees are passing. That like, I, I don't know, there are things like that that are just really striking to me in the way that he makes use of space uh, and makes use of the camera. And I do think the story... Uh, as kind of reserved as it is and it it tries not to be too emotional about it i think it does tell tell an interesting story which gives a perspective on the holocaust that i hadn't seen before at least um so the caveat of course being the movie does require patience and it is not going to like make you stand up and cheer at the end like it doesn't have like a sweeping violin moment or a It's not something that's the easiest to latch onto. Yeah, but definitely, I think a rewarding experience if you if you think that putting in the effort will make you enjoy it, you probably are right. (laughs) I guess (laughs) is how I should say it. (laughs) Um, If you if you think that you you would enjoy a quiet movie that takes focus, then I doubt I doubt you'll walk away being upset (laughs) with this one.
1: Yeah, I I I think uh, for me it's. I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I kind of feel like it's more interesting academically than it is interesting in a, like, purely enjoyment or entertainment. I mean, not that the subject matter should be enjoyable.
0: No, no but, but you're you're right. It's not like, it's not like a fun time at the cinema or like yeah. a viscerally, it's not something that emotionally hits you very strongly.
1: Yeah. And part of that is because, like, I mean, I can attach myself to a person who's detached um, from their surroundings if the if i identify with the the like the journey they're going through but i feel kind of in this film like she is so detached and like we i guess if if she was just really devout in her like nunnish beliefs <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we could see her desperately trying to hold on to that While Mm -hmm. finding about her Jewish heritage or if she was like distraught by what she's learning about her past and like she's detached from the world as a whole. So no matter how interesting or deep her surrounding becomes or her narrative outside of her investment in it becomes, she's still ultimately one step removed from it. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, you,
0: you don't have kind of a lens to feel things through in yeah, this movie yeah.
1: like i mean it, it's you know it we always celebrate a film where it doesn't like it's not too on the nose but i almost feel like this film needed more nose in yeah it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um so for me it's i would probably err more on the side of pass with the caveat mm-hmm. um just because like i um like i while going through it and not knowing where it was heading, I was pretty on on board with what was going on. And I was kind of like trying to key into this young girl and, and where, where she was going on her journey. Um, but like when her current trajectory literally goes out the window... <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel um, like
0: we've used that phrase before. I think we have. in recent movies. Oh, it was in it was in uh, the Wes Anderson. Uh, oh, yeah, read? Grand Budapest. Yeah, Grand
1: Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> and now if that wasn't already a spoiler, <laughs> it's definitely a spoiler now. Mm-hmm. Um but you know what I mean? Like it, it's like I the the bow that's placed on the end of her story is like it, to me it feels like oh i've had this bow in my pocket the whole time let's just put this on you it doesn't feel like hey i think we need a bow let's go shopping for a bow yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's the perfect analogy but mm-hmm. it it kind of feels like now are B- you
0: saying BOW or BEAU cuz both would kind of uh both would uh, kind of work i'm i was <laughs> BOW okay not a boyfriend no <laughs> okay
1: um, i mean i I'm, I'm totally fine with her like randomly falling into a love interest who plays saxophone really well mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that guy's dreamy
0: am i right <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> especially in in a movie that's otherwise so like quiet and somber then a dude playing saxophone is like uh i mean you mentioned how loud those scenes felt by comparison yeah <laughs> and i would say they're also just so much more life than the rest of the movie I, which I, is intentional but still like the comparison is very strong <laughs>
1: The, the one thing I think is pretty funny is so the, the first time we meet, we meet him, um, the the saxophonist guy, uh, you know, the, the band he plays with is, uh, you know, it's it's not just he doesn't just like play saxophone with his case open for money. Like this is a guy who's part of a traveling group of, of people. And the group has a, an attractive female lead singer. Right. So the first time we see the band actually playing, um, she's just standing in front of the mic. And he's playing the saxophone, and right when she goes to start singing, it just cuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what is it? Which is fine, because I guess in that moment, she's keying into the saxophonist, and we're supposed to be seeing the film from her eyes, but it's just funny yeah. that, like, <laughs> that, like, it was like uh, in, you know, in the music video for, like, Weird Al's, the, the one Jedi song he sings on the one album, um, mm-hmm. back when, like, the prequels, uh, Star Wars movies ca- came out, yeah, um, yeah. There's a scene in that music video where he's like sitting on a stool and he picks up on an acoustic guitar and he goes to strum it and then he just sets the acoustic guitar down. Um, <laughs> it was it was like sort of that kind of moment. where like And you watch-
0: are the only person who has tied this movie into uh, The Saga Begins or whatever his yeah. American Pie spoof was. Yeah, that's right. The Saga Begins. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I, good times. So, so I've tied this movie to Weird Al and to The Hobbit. Yes.
0: So it's kind of like Weird Al meets The Hobbit, I think, is what, <laughs> Chris, what Chris is saying. Yeah, in black and white. <laughs> meets uh, Francis Ha. Huh? Yeah. Meets
1: Sin City. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that is the episode then. so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephen, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do
0: that? If people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
1: People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to figure out when the episodes go live, uh, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at you can leave, uh You can use the comment form on our website. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Um, I just realized that we didn't talk about music in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I forgot that part at the end. But anyways, music for this episode is probably coming from soundtrack too. Hey, at, at the very least, if there's no music, we can just play the trailer
0: again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I'll play the saxophone for you.
1: Yeah. Is that a euphemism?
0: No. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> It's not like Polish sausage. Did you say? Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately for you.
1: <laughs> oh, good times. Hmm. And on that note. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna end this episode with some Yanni or some Kenny Kenny G. <laughs> I always Sounds forget. Good. I always forget which one plays the
0: saxophone. <laughs> well, Kenny G definitely does.
1: Yeah, Kenny G is the one I was going for. <laughs> Even though it's not technically technically a saxophone, right? It's a weird like. Saxonet?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's just what an alto sax is, but I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. you think I would know that I took like six years of band. But. Yeah, I,
0: I, I don't know reed instruments and I don't know Polish films. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I don't read too
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: Zing. Uh, well, we'll be back with a normal episode. Carson will be back joining us. Uh, I don't remember what comes out next week, but... A there few will be thing,
0: more a few things i think yeah oh
1: yeah. oh that's right is this the week where like we go from having nothing coming out to like 50 <laughs> things coming out at once
0: yeah this is the week where we all just use our vacation hours to take a few days to go watch <laughs> <Seriously>. watch movies
1: <laughs> oh good times mm-hmm. well thank you guys all for listening thank you steven for joining me
0: yeah thanks for having me
1: and uh we will see you all next week later